Somebody's going to go bridge here. It's better time. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Garbage Podcast, episode 100, presented by Guy Boston Sports. My name is Andrew Gardner, joined alongside by Alex Clawson and Steve Brady. Boys, how are we doing today? Episode 100 starts for me as it did for 1 through 99, late, a little bit unprepared, just running off the sleeve, but hey man, 100 episodes, that's some dedication right there. You'd think with the 100 episode milestone, Clawson would have figured it out by now, but no, just hasn't. No. We got a special special thing going today, Gardy. We got got a special guest. We got a special guest for episode. (laughs) (laughs) Special guest for episode 100. (laughs) Jesus, Clawson, what are you doing? Special (laughs) guest for episode 100, Steve Peralt from Inside the Monster. Welcome to the show. Second time. Steve, how are we doing? I am I am doing well. Clawson, you got to clean it up. Uh, if we're going to have this be a great episode 100, we need you to not be cutting everybody off, showing up late, not being ready to go. We're all ready to go. So you you got to be ready to roll. All right. I consider my my unpreparedness to be a test for their preparedness. Oh, boy. Steve, that sounds I also, like some garbage. <laughs> there's also a little pressure on you, Steve. Uh, this is your episode to defend the off-field guest of the year crown. Yeah, which which you won in in dramatic fashion last year. I think it was a close vote. So got to have a good performance here to to defend the crown. I have some notes, so I I didn't just show up like, yeah, let's talk about whatever. Like I wrote some notes down. I got a question for you guys at the end. Uh, I'm I'm ready to go. I I think this is going to be one of the best episodes you guys have ever had. I can already see it in your eyes. So we're ready to roll and let's do this. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, can start off the show. So last time we talked to you, it was, I think it was last May. Sox were obviously doing a lot better, but you were kind of in a different role. You were doing section 10. You were still working at Bleacher Report. And now you got new show working at Odyssey. So how has that been for you? I know we, we haven't really been able to talk to you too much about that, but how, uh, how have you been enjoying that so far? Uh, it's been great. It's been great. I've really enjoyed my time with Odyssey, uh, doing the new show, the official Red Sox podcast inside the monster. I feel like I'm doing the intro right now, but it it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun. I think it's per anything. And you guys know this, you know, growing your show and getting it to episode 100. It's a lot of work. It really takes a lot to get any kind of, you know, traction and feel like you're making a dent, like making a difference. So uh, between the road trips and, you know, interviews and uh, being at the park a lot, the team has been great. Giving us a, a season long credential has been awesome. And it's something that I don't take for granted. I, I know it's a it's a whole new change for what we were doing before with Section Ten. Obviously, Jared's got his own show now, his own thing going on with DraftKings, and you know everything's everything's worked out well. I, I have no complaints at all. Um, the only complaint is that the Red Sox are seven back in the wild card hunt. That's really the only thing that I'm upset about these days. But outside of that, no. I mean, it's it's been fun growing the show, and you know we're looking to try new things out every week. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you spent all those years building up your reputation for who you are. Everybody knows Steve Peralt. Everybody knows Section 10 and your association with, you know, the Red Sox podcasting game, I guess, probably considered to be one of the three people, I guess two people in a way, to get that thing going. Now you see Red Sox podcasts everywhere. But in a way, you also had to start completely from scratch. And one of those things I'm sure was getting a feel for your new co-host, Joey. What was that like? (laughs) Yes. So the Joey experience has been great. Uh, it, it started 
when I was still on Section 10, I believe he was with Lumberland and we did this like thing for their YouTube channel. It was ranking custom cleats and he had reached out to me. I was like, yeah, I'd love to do that. That would be great. And I, I had followed what those guys are doing on TikTok. They do a great job. And uh, yeah, we had a lot of chemistry, I think, right off the bat. I was like, that was super smooth, easy. It was like 45 minutes. Time flew by, which if anything, that's kind of what you want with a co-host. You, you want to look up and be like, how did we just talk for an hour? Like, I feel like we just started recording. So I felt like I had that with Joey. He sent in uh, he sent in an audition that he hated. And I, I hadn't seen it yet because we had the uh, contest for who my co-host was going to be done by WEI. And so we probably got like 300 submissions or so. We I had a lot to sift through and I hadn't gotten to Joey's yet. And he's like, you know what? Don't even look at it. Don't look at it. I'm going to send in a different one. I'm like, all right, send in, send in a different one. I did end up watching it later and it was terrible. Um, but the new one that he had sent in was funny. Uh, I could just tell that it was going to, he was going to blend in well. And then obviously we had the history to go off of, you know, already doing that YouTube thing. So uh, he made it, you know, all the way through, I think, during that process, there were some really good candidates and there were probably 10 or so that we had whittled it down to. I was like, all right, I could realistically see any of these people being the co-host. And I got to give Joey credit because he really crushed it in the auditions. Like he was really good in the test runs we did. Uh, that was around like the holidays last year and around, I don't know, it was probably January, February, maybe around January. I let him know that he got it. And, um, you know, he's been a great fit and he kind of does a lot of what I did for Section 10. Uh, he does a lot of the editing of the show. He posts the show. I've handled a lot of the graphics this year with quote cards and everything. We have a really good balance, good pace. He does the promos, the video promos. So I think it's, I can give him a lot of good feedback because I knew what it took on section 10 to grow those handles. Like that was anything that was posted on the Instagram or Twitter for section 10 was me. That was hundred percent me and not pat myself on the back, but I know, I know what it takes and the time that it takes to really grow, you know, social media feeds about a podcast that matter. And I think Joey's done a great job of it. So he's been a great fit. And now we're just hoping, you know, to close out this season with whatever we can be as entertaining as we can, even though times are tough right now. Times are tough, but Clausen still, right. Has, has some faith. Give us a little rundown of what you're thinking these days. Here's the embarrass thing. yourself a little bit more today. Well, here's the thing. So, Two weeks ago, I was talking about how the Braves were five, seven and a half back last year and ended up winning the World Series. They won the division, so a little different path, but they made up five and a half games. At that point, it's what, August 7th? So the Sox were five games back. So it's like, you know, if Braves can make up five and a half, Sox can make up five. And last week I come in and I'm just like, you know, Sox can come in. They can uh, just take, all, take down all these AL East teams, win a couple series. So you're five games back, then you're three games back, then you're two games back, then oh boy, you just bumped bumped the Orioles into oh last boy. place again. I like oh boy. <laughs> oh boy, look what we did. <laughs> oh boy, my bad. Um and uh you know well, the way that you went through the schedule, you were like, you know, you take a couple from the Braves, easy, then you win. You described it as no, a series no, no, no. against no, the Orioles. No, that's not what I said. That's not what I said. That's not what I said. But Clawson, I said, here's, here's the tough part. Oh, what do you say? I don't want to cut you off. I know you're used to do, doing that. <laughs> no, Steve, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I want to know what you said because I, I wasn't obvious. You know, I didn't hear it. Wait, what did you say? Well, I said, I was like, you know, you take one from the Braves. You take one from the Yankees. You know, those those big teams. You're going to you're probably going to lose the series. But at least you take one. So, you know, you don't you don't totally walk away with getting swept. 
and then you start dumping on the uh, dumping on the Pirates, which you do. And then I figured you'd go into Baltimore, you'd win that series. And you know, last night wasn't maybe the best start for the Toronto series, but you got two more, so. I don't know. You can still He's win still that. Hanging on. <laughs> yeah. Basically, if you have hope right now, it's exactly how you just presented it, which is I don't know. I mean, you got you got some games against these guys, against those guys. Maybe you could win them. Who knows? You know, that's kind of well, where it's at. Well, that's the thing is you make up the you win these games now, then you go from seven and a half, and then you know you start creeping up on the Orioles, and then the Rays, and then the Blue Jays, and you're not creeping talking the when? when 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 right now right now. Oh my god! My hope There's is no open. time left. There's no time left. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but with the amount of games they have left, they basically have to play 700 ball to get you know anywhere near that last playoff spot. And there's not that's not happening. It's not happening. Yankees did it. No, the I mean, if you look at the line lineup today, the lineup today is is possibly just the epitome of the whole season. They got Bobby Dahlbeck at shortstop, a position he hasn't played since high school. Yeah, he's breaking records at that position already. I mean. Good for All him. Making history. history. Well, I mean, when you look at the lineup, other than I think it's Verdugo, Devers, Martinez, two, two through four. I mean, that's a that's a Woo Sox lineup. That's a Woo Sox lineup. The Woo yeah. Sox are damn good. Yeah, look at two. The Woo Sox look like a ton of fun. So shout out to the people that do their social, and I, I know most of them, but it really looks like a fun time down there. And shame on me. I don't know if you guys have I haven't been there yet. I haven't been to Polar Park yet. Gotta get there. It looks awesome. It does. That yeah, actually was a good segue, though, for something we wanted to ask you. You were very yeah. blunt just now about how you feel about the team. And we were all wondering if you feel a need to present, I don't know, some kind of bias towards the team, some kind of homerism because you are, you know, the official Red Sox podcast. Not really. Um, I think I'm just a homer at heart to begin with. So it's not really hard for me to be biased when that's already in there. Uh, if anything, there's maybe a couple of things I've held back on going like big time in on, but the team really lets us do what we want. Like, I can't emphasize that enough. Like there's nobody over there. That's like, Hey, you know, hold back a little bit on, on the Bobby hate, like earlier in the year. It's like, it, you know, if, if things are going poorly, we have to to talk about it and really break it down that way or else we're frauds. Like there's, you guys know, like there's no scenario in this market that you can just be like, everything's all great. Everything's all dandy when the team sucks, like just doesn't, it doesn't work that way. And also, like, even with, like, the Haim interview and, and getting to talk to some of these players, you know, on the field before the games, they want you to be real. They don't want you to be, like, all phony and, like, everything's great. They they know better than us the, the realistic, you know, expectation of what's going to happen the rest of the way. I think most of these guys know the season's over. They're going to keep fighting, and I'll give them credit. You know, they're all saying the right things, and even Xander today was saying, like, hey, miracles can happen. And if it comes down, to, that's basically where we're at. We're at the point of, of Bogart saying miracles can happen for what their chances are. But now if, if you're if you're not breaking it down how you really feel, then I think you're a phony. But you guys know, like I, I care about the team. You know, it's the Red Sox have always been a huge part of my life. And for me to be up there, you know, doing this show and, and just fake acting like things are going to go well, that would that wouldn't be right. I think Joey's been maybe a little too optimistic, I would say, even like as recently as last week, you said he 100 percent feels like they're going to make the playoffs. And I'm like, oh, hold on there, Joe. But um, I don't think, I think we're the perfect people to be doing that show. Cause it's not like we're going to get on there and just start blasting the team. We'll be honest. And you know, the trade deadline was a head scratcher. And I think we asked time as much and he explained himself, but yeah, it's never going to be like 
and you, you guys know that you, you're not going to get from me these like big rants about the Red Sox. If anything, it's going to be a rant about how the honey mustard there stinks. <laughs> the honey mustard. It's not even honey, honey mustard. It's terrible. I don't know. Anytime I see veggies on there, I'm out. I don't I don't need veggies in the honey mustard. And then I, I maybe I'm like reading into it wrong. But it, if it feels like it's from like Whole Foods or one of these places that's trying to be healthier than the normal stuff. That's not why I'm going to Fenway. I'm not going to Fenway to get healthier. It's a great time to get fat. Great place to get fat is is Fenway Park. Get some, get some hot dogs, some pizzas, some chicken fingers. No one should be going there to eat healthy. I got, I got two questions about the food, Steve. Have you, you've obviously tried the ketchup and the ketchup is awful as well. What do you think about that? It's very weird. It's just weird. It doesn't doesn't taste like, like ketchup. Does it taste like marinara sauce to you? Yeah, and it looks like marinara sauce. Like it comes out it's, like marinara sauce. I'm like, yeah. what's going on here? It reminds me, I was working at Be Good in college. I don't know if you guys know Be Good, but yeah, great burgers. It's kind of like a healthier burger option. And uh, great place, great place to work. So shout, shout out Be Good. This is nothing against them, <laughs> but like it's it's no free to, ads too. Yeah, no free ads, but great great place. Be good. But it it's supposed to be a healthier option. So like their ketchup did kind of seem like marinara, and it did kind of seem like, and eh, this doesn't taste like real ketchup. Of course, it's not gonna because it's like a healthier alternative than getting like a fast food burger. And I can't emphasize enough. No one's going to Fenway Park to eat healthy. So I I really I, I genuinely think it came down to like a couple people complaining and they're like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to fix this and and make it healthy. It's like, guys, you, you didn't need you just didn't need to do it. And I don't know who's in charge of the condiments over there, but <laughs> I'm going to try and get in touch with them in the offseason and we'll we'll turn this back around. Needs to be changed. And my, my other question, you've been doing a lot of food reviews that you yes. know see on, on social media and stuff and this summer you know i was able to kind of find some other food around the park which is not the easiest fenway doesn't have like a crazy amount of you know kind of interesting food options but but what's one of the better things you've tried this summer uh it was a chicken and biscuit sandwich that they had at the test kitchen and it was so good it had like these like thinly sliced pickles with some barbecue sauce and it felt it really it really felt like a an authentic like meal which to your point um it's not when you go to Fenway you're gonna get where you're gonna get Fenway right you're gonna get like a a Fenway Frank you're gonna get your typical stuff there I normally used to get the uh they used to have the personal pizzas I don't know if they do that anymore it's more like sal slices but it's you get exactly what you expect to get. You get ballpark food, but the test kitchen is great. My only beef with the test kitchen is that I don't know if it's living up to what the name is. Cause I don't see these things now being put into the other food places, right? Like I, I don't see the, they had chicken quesadillas in there, which is like, I'm pretty sure everyone agrees. Chicken quesadillas are good. We got to test this out. We got to see if people like these things called chicken quesadillas, but tried those and they were so good but they're only in there per series. So like oh. each series you get new items. And so it was sometime in like May and they had these chicken quesadillas. I got them every game of the series and then they weren't there anymore. So that would be my only uh, gripe is that I want to see some of these items that are clearly selling well in the test kitchen now be put in other vending areas around Fenway. That would be great. Oh well, yeah. I got to wonder too, how do they, they phrase it as a test, but how do they get these results? You know, is it just somebody walking around with a clipboard? They go ask this kid from Southie, like, dude, how do you like the chicken quesadillas? He's like, it's fucking awesome, man. I don't know. <laughs> these are the best quesadillas I've ever had. Um, I Maybe they're just looking at the food review score. You know, the Rotten Tomato score we give. I don't know. But it's just, I think it, 
my guess would be it's it's sales, right? It would be how much you're selling, and if people really like them, then you're probably going to be selling out of the item. But I am, I, I you know, this I, this might sound like a joke, but I really do want to find out next season if they'll start putting some test kitchen items in other places around Fenway Park because I don't know about you guys, but like technically we can do media dining now and Joey crushes the media dining. He is like the biggest fan of the free food up there. He takes advantage of it, but it's his right to do it. But I still, I don't really like being up there. There's always somebody you'll see where you're like, yeah, I don't really need to see this person. And you're going to have awkward conversations. And I'm like, I'll just avoid that altogether and get another slice of pizza for like the fifth game in a row. So I would like them to start incorporating the test kitchen food around the park. You ever tried the helmet nachos? No, but they look good. They are good. They are good. Confirmed. Confirmed. There we go. Now I got to try those. I, I honestly miss getting the uh, chocolate vanilla swirl in the helmet. Mm. I got to get back to doing that because that was like few things make you feel more like you're at Fenway than having the Sox helmet with the chocolate vanilla swirl. Throw some sprinkles on there. It's a fun time. It's peak concourse. It I, is. Uh, yeah, I got one of those over the summer. Just classic. Absolutely classic. And speaking yeah. of classic. We're bringing back a classic segment that, that I think we didn't really originate when we came on Section 10 the first time, but we figured that between Steve and Steve, there there were a lot of similarities between the two of you guys. And when you were on the show last year, we we ran the Steve, Steve and Steve segment. So we've got a few questions and we'll rattle them off. I think what did we do last year? You guys like type them in the chat, like three, two, one. We see yeah. how we see how close the answers are. Yeah, okay, perfect. something like that. This was my favorite segment last time, so I'm excited. All right, the first one, the, the first one links perfectly to what we were just talking about. Uh, it was actually, what's your favorite food at Fenway? So, interesting. Okay, get your answers. So what in. can it be? Is it have to be inside of the wall? I know what you're, Steve. I know what you're. Picking if if it's not on the walls, Klaus. I'm, what do you, gonna, what do you think? I'm gonna make my own rules. So. It, it's inside of Fenway, right? I, I I think it can be as like in as the you're vicinity going into the gate. I think it can be on like Yaki Way. Oh, you're talking Jersey? Okay. All right, ready? Three, yep. two, one. It's, it's the sauce. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I got. I've been on this this run of getting two slices of cheese pizza. That's been that's been the go to. It's also there's a. I don't know if it's because I have the credential on. It probably is. But there's this spot like technically the food. This is you're going to learn something that ma- does not matter at all. So technically the food sales don't start until 530 at Fenway when the gates normally open. But there's this one pizza place where they just have like three or four pizzas out. It's in like the main like concourse walkway area, probably a little before you reach the pesky pole underneath there. And I think you can just grab free slices there. If it's right before 530. So if you find a way to sneak into the park before the gates open, <laughs> go get a couple slices over there because I have not had to pay for that all year. It's been great. All right. Good to know. And Steve, you want a sausage king? Well, yeah. When I'm feeling like I have more than two pennies to rub together to my name, then I like to splurge and, and get what I truly like. But I also learned whilst I was still a student that the most efficient thing you can do, the thing that will last you like hold you over for the longest is I would get a Fenway Frank and I would get a pretzel. And I found that to be the best combination that would keep me going for the entire nine innings of the ball game. Calories per dollar. Yeah. Yeah. Steve, I, I, we should make a chart calories per dollar. Like I, that. Yeah. I think it's a good idea. Steve, I did that once and I, I felt my arteries closing in. 
I uh, yeah, I mean, you're at Fenway Park. Did Steve not just clarify that if you go there, you're not trying to be? I mean, I bet you just suck down the ketchup packets of marinara sauce if you want to be healthy. <laughs> Imagine just like I don't even have to pay. This is great. I can slurp down these marinara ketchups. Are these <laughs> some guy like laid out on the table, like mouth just under the dispenser, like pumping it in there? Yo, dude, is this for anybody? I just... <laughs> yeah, is this free? Free? Eating that veggie mustard? Like, what is this guy doing? <laughs> Oh. I can see it. I, some of the characters at Fenway, I oh can see them gosh. just grabbing the the, the ketchup uh, marinara. I can see oh. it. some interesting people there for sure. Uh, yeah. Next question: favorite drink at Fenway? Oh, I mean, I come on now. This I is think a we jump for Steve. This is, this is the <laughs> easiest thing of all time. All right. Uh, all right. Wait, wait. All right. Yeah. Let's go. All right. Ready? Three, two, one. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's the Vaude Lemmys. I mean, it's it, it has to be. I, I don't think there's any question. Um, and I try to see it's a little tricky now where we're at Fenway so much like doing the you know stuff of the podcast and all that. You got to be professional like you're on the job. But any game I treat as being a fan, I'll probably get a Vaude Lemmy. That's how it goes. I mean, summer day is just refreshing. I know. Simply refreshing. Great. Depends where you get them, too. There are a couple spots where like they're very, very vaudish, I would say. A lot of vaude. But if you, you go to some others, then it's more on the Lemmy side. So you got to you gotta find the right ones. I, typically, the one all the way down um, by the EEI studio that's in Fenway, there's like this like two-sided vodka lemonade station. That's the one you should probably go to if you're looking for a nice vodka lemmy. Yeah, I found the Truly Terrace these days is uh, heavily crowded. They're just shoving things out. So It's a mess. Yeah, quality. It's, so yeah. Sorry. We were up there for uh, the first series, and it was just like, okay, not coming back here. I mean, they did a great job with it. It's not like it looks bad or anything. It's just, it's cool. I think it's people look at it as like, okay, this is a bar behind the bleachers, so we're gonna act like this is a bar behind the bleachers. The uh, the the glass box with like the booth, I feel like I'm looking at a zoo animal in there. It's weird. Yeah, I'm a little surprised that Nessun. I uh, kept it glass all the way around. You almost thought that like the the wall facing the bar would have just been like Nessun or like some, you know, with just the door. But you're totally right, Steve. Like you look in and you're just staring at Jim Rice. You know? <laughs> and they also they also only have one door in and out. So like people just camp out there and then like Tim Wakefield's coming out and it's like a yeah. shit show. That happened to us when we were there. It was just yeah. like, I know Tim Wakefield's coming out of this door eventually. <laughs> He literally up. has no other way to go home. I'm just <laughs> yeah. going to stay here until he leaves. I probably would have tweaked that. Studio is great, though. Studio looks really cool. And, oh, it looks great. Um, I mean, it helps TC, right? You know, you don't have to, and whatever, like the first inning drive back to uh, Watertown, you can just do the post game there. So that's worked out well for them. It looks good. Looks great. All right, next question. What is your favorite place to sit at Fenway? Take it. Ooh. Interesting. This has to be like I'll, I'll explain. I guess if the, in detail, if uh, if it gets a little confusing, it's got to be like uh, specific. Yeah, need row and seat number. No, right. I just mean like the, well, the <laughs> way I'm typing this. It's like you might um, you might think it's like a little more broad than it actually. All is. right, all right, all right. Ready? Three, two, one. I like being. I've sat there like a good amount of times, especially as a kid, because I for those listening at home i put directly behind a dugout you have to be first row because then the dugout's like a giant table 
my, my you're saying this like these tickets are just readily available <laughs> i know i'm saying uh, you said favorite place to sit i'm gonna explain it my great aunt who owns like s- a, a couple parking garages in boston she's a billionaire this is the only thing she ever gave me for like a hot stretch of a whole summer i would get these two tickets that she would give me and i sat right on top of the away dugout and this was back i forget what year it was but i was a kid and manny ramirez when he was on I want to say, I forget. I, I think it was the White Sox. He threw me a, a couple balls, I think, that day because he just he just thought it was funny that I was yelling at the team. There you go. That It is a funny thing because, like, I know for this segment, it's probably like a recommendation to listeners of where to sit. You know, guys, you should sit in the front row behind the dugout. Yeah. You sit. <laughs> it's like, yeah, thanks. Steve, They're only like 700 a pop. Like, what are we talking Steve, about here? Steve Peralt picked the common man answer, and Steve's got like the, you know, the yeah. Ritz Carlton of seats. I know. I, I was first base grandstand, I think, is uh, it's it's a really good. I just love having the monster in front of me. I, I like seeing that is the backdrop. You get a really good angle of everything that's going on. Um, you know, at last second we did, I think Nate, uh, my guy, Nate does graphics for us and he's awesome. And we kind of, there was one of those games. I think it was going to be maybe JD's last game. And I was like, you know what? Instead of, cause we're always up in like state street pavilion four. Cause it's right by like the media entrance that we can go up to there to grab a drink or something, grab a drink. Like it's like they're serving alcohol. Uh, I mean like a water, but I was like, you know what? Let's, let's get close to the field. And so that was like front row right there by like the Red Sox on deck circle. Once it, it, it kind of reminds me of when you go to the movies for the first time with recliner seats, like once you go down there and Steve, it's probably similar for you with those dugout seats. It's, it is kind of hard to sit in other seats. After you've seen the perspective of like really being on the field, I also have no idea how they hit the ball because um, it's just it, you really get to see how fast the pitch is coming in when you're like eye level with these guys. So but if you want to get seats that are a little more affordable, uh, first base grandstand anywhere along there is is awesome. If you go further up, obviously, the seats are a little tighter, but it's a great experience and the views and the picks and the videos all look good. Uh, the where you sit really dictate, dictates the Fenway experience. You yeah. Be in the trenches with the common man and the nosebleeds, get into a fight or two. You could do that. <laughs> if you want to sit behind a dugout and stretch out, you probably can't do that. <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> you got those are you know somebody's seats. That's for sure. Yeah, for sure. All right. Next question. This one, this one might take a little thought. And this one too, if you gave me like a day to think about, I don't even know if I'd come up with an answer. Uh, what's what? What would be your walk-up song if you were playing oh, yeah. the socks? I got that. This has been the same for like ten years. Steve B, you got anything? I have like what? There's something that I think. Yeah, I'm gonna go with something because this is what I listened to when I was in Cancun over spring break to get me hype. And uh, I think I think it would get me hype. I think I know um, what you're going. Well, I'm walking up too. All right, ready? Three, two, one. I don't even. What? What is that? What did you I just knew. put in there? Oh, PayPass. It's like duh, duh. I can't do it justice because it's like no, you're I not know. actually sing away. the instrumental. <laughs> sing the beat. <laughs> and you just gotta look up PayPass, but All it's right. like in, in. I'll look it up. In uh, in Mexico, they play two songs for the tourists. It's Papas and Gasolina. So if you oh, don't Gasolina like is a banger. Songs, yeah. then you won't have fun. Okay. But 
for, I'm sure for, I know what it is. I just I just have to hear it. I'm sure I just didn't it, know what the title is. It's like, do you want to get a headache? Listen to that song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I went with the motto, Drake and Lil Wayne. That's been like my favorite song for a long time. And I just think that that gives the right vibe of like, yeah, I'm coming up. This is, if I, again, presuming I'm a good baseball player. Um, I'm coming up ready to do some damage. If it was actually me going up there, then pitcher would probably laugh. But yeah, that would be the the walk up song. Love it. Uh, last question, Steve Brady. This this was per your request. Well, uh, you Steve Frog. Preface it. Yeah, like Steve. I was gonna say Steve. You, no, I, I don't. Yeah, it yeah. just upsets my stomach. A 50, 50 shot of whether or not you did. Yeah. All right. We got we got to scrap the question then. <laughs> what was the question? How do you take your coffee? That's exactly what it was. Exactly what it was. <laughs> Let's say like I even had that one written down. Is that really that fun? Is that topic like, really, like just... oh my god, he does two creams and a sugar? <laughs> <laughs> you got to get into inside inside Steve Peralt. You know, what yeah, I mean? it's inside true. the psyche. It's uh no, my girlfriend's obsessed. She is obsessed with Starbucks. So we go there every day, and sometimes I get like a a peach green tea lemonade with some Splenda. So it's, it's so complicated in there. It's like a, a disaster. I just walk up to the counter. I'm like, give me a coffee. Give me milk and sugar. Throw yeah. some ice in it. Here's eight bucks. <laughs> here's, here's my whole pocket's worth of money. I just, yeah, it, I don't dislike Starbucks. I used to like it a lot more when I'd have Frappuccinos more often, but you have too many of those. You're just a whale. Um, so yeah, I've, I've kind of backed off on that. But no, I, I understand. I get the urgency. People go in there like, if I don't have this, I'm going to die. Like, they really treat it like they're, they're life liquids. And uh, I'm glad I'm not at that that stage, just because it would be a lot of waste of money. Yeah. All right. Last question uh, we got for you. And then I know you, you had said you got one for us. Um, so, you know, this season's kind of – we're winding down. Got a couple more weeks. Yeah. Not looking good. I, I think we can all agree on that. So, um, you know, you kind of talked about – interviewing Heim Bloom, kind of like what's your relationship like with him and what kind of moves are you thinking the Sox got to make this offseason? If you could yeah, play the like relationship GM. is um, it, it's it's good with Heim. I mean, he was great to us on Section 10. That That's kind of where I got to meet him. And he even had mentioned to me this season that he thinks the best way he described the Mookie deal was on Section 10 last year. And I'd I'd agree. Coley did a great job of getting that answer out of him. Um, not like he wasn't good, but he just like, it, a lot of times it's how you phrase the question. It, it's how you, you phrase what you're asking instead of just like, Hey, give us, you know, the right answer. It's like, you got a word, you got to put the words in the right order. And, and ideally it turns out well, but no, Himes, Himes been good to us. The interview we did with him a few weeks ago went really well. Uh, there's a couple people that are like, oh, softball questions. I'm going to ask him stuff that doesn't have to do with the team. Like I genuinely wanted to know what he does for fun. Cause he doesn't really seem like a guy that has a ton of hobbies outside of what his, his full-time job is, but moves wise, I think the bullpen obviously needs uh, to be strengthened. You're going to need, this rotation is just not going to cut it. And the guys that you have, and you're hoping to come up with, whether it's Bayo or Winkowski and, and stay in there and who knows the cutter Crawford. I mean, he's, he's been really good, obviously filling in, but you're going to have to get over the adjustment of, of teams adjusting to you. Then you have to try to, you know, get over that curve and, and be productive on the other end. But I think it's going to be rotation pieces. It's going to be bullpen. Um, and then, you know, it's, he's going to be judged on Xander endeavors. You know, if, if they're here long-term, I think that's how we're going to look at the high and bloom era of if he keeps the, the big names on the team. And if not, I think it's going to be, you know, a very negative offseason from the fan fan perspective. If it's like, all right, we'll shift Trevor over to short and then hopefully Christian can stay healthy the whole year at second. 
the first base situation, it's, I guess, Hosmer and then Cassis. So you, in theory, should be fine there. But there's still a lot of question marks, and I think it starts with pitching, and you kind of go from there. Ideally, you really want to have a bullpen that can withstand 162, and they obviously did not have that this year. So if they can get to that point, then I feel more comfortable about next season. But you're going to need some boppers, too. You're going to have to add some power, uh, considering how J.D. and, you know, Xander have nine and 10 home runs. It's just not going to cut it. When you lose Hunter, you lose Schwarber. They're going to have to replace some of that lack of power that was uh, non-existent this year. All right, Steve, I got a question for you. This yeah. one I just remembered, because you mentioned JD and his lack of homers. There was a point where oh. we were talking about, would you rather, out of a JD season, he hits 360 with what, like eight homers? I think it was four. It was four. Four homers. 360, four homers. Or he bats like... 280 with 40 homers. Oh, 280 and 40. Yeah, definitely. Okay. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. Especially for this lineup and how they performed this year. I think if if you had Schwarber and Renfro both hitting 30 bombs for you, you don't necessarily need JD to hit 40. But considering that Xander's power has been down, uh, Rafi obviously got dinged up, and he doesn't look fully right right now either. You just don't have enough guys that can, that can go deep. The amount of times early in the year, too, it was like, oh, you know, broadcasters, a lot of them national. Oh, Franchi's got a lot of pop. <laughs> Whatever. He's capable of pop. There's, I think there's a difference between having pop and then being capable of running into one. And well, I think Franchi's the latter. The way so, they always phrase it is, if he gets a hold of one, <laughs> it's going to go. I'm like, let me tell you, he doesn't get a hold of him. He just doesn't. So mm-hmm. let's stop talking about it. But yeah, I mean, technically, Franchi could hit 30 palms <laughs> if he got a hold of the ball 30 <laughs> times, but he just doesn't do it. So they're obviously going to need more power and I kind of a weird ending for JD, right? This is, this is awkward. And it's, I think it's definitely it for him with the Red Sox. You could make an argument that if you trade him at the deadline, their record might even be better right now. If you were just filling in ref Snyder at DH and giving guys days off their feet, instead of having to put JD in there every day, who hasn't hit a home run in like two months. So it's just been, yeah, it's obviously tough times, but a lot of, a lot of Himes time in Boston, a lot of like how we perceive what he did with the team is going to be based on this offseason. So I'm kind of now in that in that mode. Kind of follow up real quick for the whole, you know, Rafi and Xander thing. Would you put the majority of the blame if one of them were not to resign on Heim or the ownership? Or if is it is it kind of a 50-50 split? I think they all would just kind of take that as as the L. You know, I, I don't it's I think we always love trying to be like, oh well. Heim's doing this because Henry wants him to do that. And then, oh no, but that's his decision on, on this end because he's the analytics guy. We don't, no one knows. We don't know like, you know, how much they're in Heim's year. And I personally don't think it's that much, but if a move doesn't happen at that magnitude, then everyone's got to take blame. I think it's, that's an even blame pie of not keeping, you know, one of the greatest players in the team's history. We could look back 50 years from now and there could not have been a player better than Rafael Devers on the Red Sox. That's not like a crazy thing to say. So you got to keep that guy. Like, and, and I don't even want to talk about Mookie. That's a whole nother discussion. But now that Haim has been here, he's had a feel for the team, for this area, for the expectations. Uh, understandable that he knows there's some moves he would want to have back. We also can't forget he's made some moves that have helped his team and helped him last year and are still helping them now. So it's not like he's just making a bunch of dumb decisions, but I think Himes more been judged on what he hasn't done than what he has. And if you don't sign Devers, then that theme is going to continue of being based on what you don't do. 
And I, I just, I think he saves a lot of his, his image in this area. I don't think he really cares about that, but he would save a lot of it. If you could extend Devers in the off season and it would just be good for all four of us. Cause we don't have to hear about it. Or I feel like we got to tweet about it for an entire another season. I don't want that. So hopefully they can get it done this off season. Yeah. Well, we also don't have to see agree. someone at third. I don't know who else they're going to put there. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? I, who knows? I, you'd have to, you'd probably have to bring somebody in. I, I don't think, you know, downs isn't who knows about downs, man. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't think anyone Not really great. has super high yeah. hopes there. I think his and stock was as high got... as it ever would be when we first got him. I know. Yeah. It seems like that he's continued to fall down in the, the prospect rankings, but yeah, there's a lot of areas of need and that that's what happens when you have a season like this. It's not like you can, you know, plug two holes and you're ready to go for 2023. There's going to be a lot of adjustments, but you know, for your sake, for my sake with, with our shows, it's a good thing. It gives us more to talk about in the off season. So I don't hate that. Love it. Sweet. All right. Well, uh, yeah, I was episode 100. Oh, I got a question for you guys. Oh, that's We're closing right. That's with right. this. We are closing with this. So you guys have done a hundred episodes. First off, congratulations. I think you Thank guys you. do a great job. I love the, uh, the post game hit. It's really just you, right? Andrew, do you guys all do the post game hits? Or are you kind no, of taking Gary. that on as you? That's Andrew. Andrew. Yeah. Okay. I was basically just me. Yeah. All right. Those are great. And, and just in general, I've, I've seen the progression of how you guys have grown. The graphics have gotten better. The consistency has gotten better. I respect seeing that you guys put in the time and that deserves a lot of praise. But my question for each of you, since you've reached 100 is what has been each of your favorite moments of this journey. If one thing could stick out, what's been the highlight, man, there's a ton of stuff. And I I, I was going to say that pick one, pick one. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like there's an easy answer, which I think somebody's going to say, which is going on section 10. Yeah. Like, (laughs) I mean, that's, that's kind of like where we went from like, all right, we're just, I mean, we are still three college kids doing it in our bedrooms, but there was a little bit more like legitimacy. I feel like after that, where it's like, all right, they now a little bit of recognition, but uh, I would say honestly, going to the game with you guys last year was that was probably like my favorite moment of like a great season from the team. We, you know, had wrapped up wrapping up our first season on the podcast. Um, That was just a, a hell of a time, you know, being able to sit in section 10 for a little bit there. And then, yeah, just that was just a lot of fun and just kind of transferring like, yeah, you do the show, but then being able to have like some real life experiences too. I would say like that that's probably like the best memory I got of the show. I I like agree with you on those that were great, but to say something different, interviewing uh Bronson Arroyo was probably the coolest thing that we've done and just having those stories firsthand from yeah. his time in Boston. He's also just a wicked cool guy. He's yeah. he is a funky dude. Not to use the F word, but yeah, that's a <laughs> RM. That was a that was a really cool one. Um, I'm gonna say listening back to the Lars Anderson interview, that guy is crazy. <laughs> He's a trip for sure. <laughs> He's something. Um, and then I would say just all the excitement and all the content we put out last playoff run. Just because everything, like every game was so good, so exciting. Mm. It kind of crashed and burned against Houston, but those first couple series, the wild card against New York, going to Tampa. And then, I mean, Houston was fun, but team was, you could kind of tell the team was falling apart. I mean, it was, yeah, that part part was tough, right? Where it's like you win game three, we were all on cloud nine after game three. I mean, that was like, 
When when you're two games away from the World Series and you have a series lead, I mean, it's kind of the same as the Celtics. Celtics, same thing, yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh, we have a 2-1 series lead and Tatum's balling and everything looks great. And, like, you always kind of – I don't know if you guys do this, but I try to pay attention to the national media that hasn't been following our teams as much as the season goes on. It's like, all right, how are they feeling about this? I got to say, like, 80 to 90% of either the podcast I would listen to or the coverage I would watch – people were ready for the Celtics to win the championship. Like it, it really felt like that. And for it to crash and burn and just end like that is tough. Even after Houston went down two one though, I don't think I, and I don't know about you guys, but I was still like, ah, it's going to be a tough two games to get. We, we still got to, you know, beat the, it feels like they win the American league every year. You got to take down the Astros when their backs are against the wall. And, and sure enough, they didn't win another game. So that was tough. But that, that run was incredible. I mean, Fenway was rocking. You can't beat that. Hell of a year. Well, hopefully next year we were able to, you know, duplicate that because it's times are tough this year. But again, Steve, appreciate you coming on. That's a wrap on episode 100. We hope to have another 100 uh, coming up in the next year or two. So don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Gombridge Podcast and Twitter at Gombridge. Don't forget to subscribe to our episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. Stitcher. And we will be back next week with episode 101. See ya!